Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today on a Friday. Y'all know we love a bonus Friday episode around here, and this one is so good, so fun. If you want to go to church on a Friday, here we go. Today, I get to talk with my friend, Matt Redman. Matt is a Grammy award-winning worship leader and songwriter who has been a leading contributor to the Global Church's songbook over the last 20 years. And yes, we talk about it. I definitely cried at the end of this one while I thanked him for the years of music that have so deeply impacted me. We talk about Matt's latest album, Lamb of God, which is just extraordinary. If you haven't heard it yet, you're going to love it. We've gotten to talk to a lot of musician friends on Friday episodes lately. I'm just so thankful for the way they listen to God and respond to what He's doing and saying through their music. They are giving us ways to connect with God in moments when we often don't feel like it or even know how to and maybe don't even have the words, but they do. And gosh, I am so grateful. So here is my conversation with my friend, Matt Redman. Redmond, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Thank you so much. I mean, what a huge honor to get to have you on the show. It's an honor for me. Well, no, it is mine. Listen, the funny thing that you and I haven't discussed in our real lives is this is kind of the convergence of like Matt Redmond, who has been leading me in worship since 1997. Oh, yeah. And Matt Redmond, whose wife is one of my dearest <laughs> friends and who we are real life friends. This I is the that. convergence yeah, of those two worlds. It's a strange, yeah. Yeah. Strange it's, moment. It's very strange and wonderful. What does it feel like now? I mean, how long would you say you've been in full-time ministry? How long have you been leading worship? Wow. I mean, it's a long, long time. I, I think probably around the age of 20, yeah. I went into full-time ministry. I was part of a church plant then and, and worship leading. But probably, probably for the age of 15, I've been yeah. leading worship around the place. And so there are so many Annies out here who like picked up Better as One Day in yeah. 1997 or 1996, yeah, something right? something like that, yeah. And have been singing your music for 30, is my math bad? For 25, 30 years of yeah, our lives. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Some of the what songs now are getting a little yeah. old and 
I mean, it's funny to me, like a song like Heart of Worship, oh, it's over 25 years old. I could sob but, if just talking about I mean, that e- song. Even a couple of weeks ago, though, I had a friend lead it at a youth event, and yeah. someone would come up to them after and like, I love that new song. Like, you get that? <laughs> You're like older than like, you, okay, dude. that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk to me, because I've only been in full-time ministry. I've been doing this job full-time since 2012, so I'm at 11 years. I'm a third of the way through yeah. what you're doing. What's the feeling sitting across from an Annie who, like, when you know there's a generation of people who are now grown-ups who have been singing with you that long? Is it weird? Is it cool? What's it like? I don't Both? know. I mean, I can't, I guess I'm, in a lovely way, I'm kind of used to it. I, yeah. I, I'm very blessed. I don't honestly go a day of my life where someone doesn't say something nice about one yeah. of the songs, especially because people can reach you so easily these days with yes. social media and everything. And I, I don't take that for granted. I feel so blessed to be encouraged and to, you know, to realize that God's trusted me with something that hopefully has been helpful in people's lives. Yeah. That's amazing. And then you get the things like literally two days ago, I had someone come up to me. Um, hey, uh, I grew up on that VeggieTales record that you sang on. <laughs> <laughs> So, so some of those ones too. You're like fantastic. God's going right. to use everything. Right, I love that's this. right. He'll use I all love vegetables. It. It's amazing. <laughs> and I, I just think it, it's so interesting. Like when you talk about heart of worship, that song. I mean, I have such Cody Carnes and I talked about this too. I have such very distinct. Holy Spirit experiences with that song from college. Oh wow! I say a lot that. Often God believes Annie at 20 more than he believes Annie at 43, because I think what you know after 20 years of walking with the Lord, there are things I would compromise on that 20-year-old Annie wouldn't, yeah, and he that. believes her, right? He believes that she says that it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Cody talked about the Holy Spirit being in songs. Can you talk about the supernatural part of what you do, and do you experience that, that there are things that happen that get sewn into songs that last forever? Yeah, I mean, it's the unchanging power of truth, really, right? Mm. So if you've got music in itself, it's an amazing part of God's blessing and his presence in this world and how he shows up in our lives. But if you mix that with truth, the revelation of who he is as revealed in Scripture, then you've got something very, very powerful in your hands. And Mm. I think that's why you can take a hymn that was written a couple of hundred years ago. In fact, I'm writing a song right now which is – written from a quote from one of the early founding fathers of the church, you know, like the fifth century or something. And I think this is amazing. You can take something poetic that someone said Mm -hmm. over 1,500 years ago. Yes. You know, uh, and you can write a song out of that and it feels relevant and it resonates. And the the reason is because it's based on this powerful, unchanging truth. And I think that's what it is. There's something about – you can sing truth anytime and it'll feel – powerful Mm -hmm. but then you have these songs which they're more than just an essay they're not just a cerebral exercise this it's truth but it's with passion and emotion and inspiration i don't know what it is the mystery of music Mm -hmm. something about singing truth someone once said didn't they if you sing truth you pray it twice yeah wow i mean i could still sob singing because he lives love and that's like such an old hymn right forever and it's like okay i can face tomorrow you know (laughs) like it still feels that true yeah do you still enjoy i mean i know you still love writing songs because you said you're doing it now yeah you know the album that came out 
It's in the album from this year. Oh my gosh, this oh, album, so Lamb of God, sweet. ruins. I mean, I just yeah, it, I listen to it all the time in the mornings. That honestly means a lot, and you're very kind. Oh, I love it. Do you still enjoy performing or leading worship? Yeah, I mean, won't say performing. Yeah, I definitely sorry, I feel say performing. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to tell you off on your own show. You but, can. Yeah. That's the friendship part. No, but, I mean that's a whole other in. conversation because yeah. worship leading, I. I think it's meant to look a bit different than getting up on stage in the world, mm. right? And and we'll even say things like someone will have a worship night, but they'll call it a show. Yeah, I'm like, guys, let's not call it a show. Yeah, because actually, we're demeaning what this. You know, the, God has called us into this sacred encounter with Him. This is not a show, yeah. and and so. That, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's so good, sorry, I, I I never get tired of it because you just see God at work. Mm. You know, you're up there and you get a nice view of what God's doing. And often people will say to you after, oh, here's what happened to me during that song. Or this song injected some hope into my life that I needed right now. Yeah. And then just seeing the songs resonate with people. I love the whole process. I love getting that germ of an idea and then trying to wrestle with it and turn it into something, mm -hmm. usually with some friends. Mm -hmm. And then you'll maybe record it and then you kind of see it start to get some wings. Yeah. And then what happens is you start getting this flood of stories back from some of these songs. Right. And you, and you actually end up engaging with some of the most inspiring people you've ever met. I think I've met so many inspiring people down through the years just because of the songs. Mm -hmm. People who were facing the toughest thing you can imagine somehow found their way to the place of praise and your little song became the soundtrack for them to do that. And, that's, yeah. and that never gets old. I mean, a unique problem you have is when someone comes to a worship night that Matt Redman is leading, you have a gazillion songs we worship and sing. <laughs> and and how do you determine... Well, funny enough, Beth's like, oh, you're not still doing Heart of Worship. <laughs> Just, she keeps me in balance. She's like, Matt, no one wants to hear 10,000 reasons. Like, stop. It's that, not and true. You, you, know, you, can hear, you can hear the tone she's totally, telling me. Totally, totally. Very wise. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, new wine, new wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how do you pick? Because I've never been in your shoes. I've never been a worship leader. I won't be. But do you go through and ask the Lord? Or is there like a set? Do you feel like, okay, we sit and we go through and this is going to be the whole tour or tonight I just have this song resonating that I think we need to add? How does it look? That's a great question because, you know, I've been doing this so long. It's it's really hard to like, I'm trying to hear God for the flow of a night. Yeah. How often it happens for me is I just have one thing. Yeah. Like I feel like there's one song, this is the landing point or this is the focus. Ah. And I start building the rest of the time around that. And, and quite often that is the... The thing, and then, and sometimes you'll have a theme on your heart. Like for me, reverence is a big one. Always trying to figure out, okay, how can we lead people into a place of reverence? It's wow. really important. Everything in our culture is going in the opposite direction. There's less mystery than ever mm -hmm. in our culture, and there's less wonder and reverence. But we can't afford to lose those things in worship. They're an essential ingredient of what it means to worship. You can wow. admire, adore, appreciate, applaud without. Uh, you know, uh, wonder, but it has to be, there has to be wonder. There has to be this something beyond all those things that says, okay, what we're doing right now is different. And he's not like us. Yes. He's high and holy, completely off the charts of anything we could fathom or imagine. And mm. you've got to lead people into that. Okay. Teach me about that. Cause I haven't really thought about the mystery that needs to stir in me during worship. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking about Sunday at church, yeah. the three songs we sang, yeah. We think everybody sings three songs. They were all directed, they were about God, which I really appreciate that people have kind of gotten the like, 
memo that we don't want to sing songs about us. Yeah. We want to sing songs about God. But what should I be doing on my insides during worship to stir up the mystery and reverence? I mean, yeah, part of it could be our responsibility as worshipers coming and part of its responsibility to the pastor or the worship leader to try and lead us into mystery. And, of course, yeah. we're going to need the hope of the help of the Holy Spirit, too. Right. But I think it's, it's so essential. I mean, for me, it starts in that songwriting place of, okay— Paradox is a huge part of the gospel yeah. and of, of the truth of who God is. So, you know, he's the lion and the lamb. He's the the one who thunders and whispers. He's the God who terrifies and yet befriends. Yeah. He's the, I like to say, he's the king whose footstool is the earth. And yet he knelt down and washed the earth off the feet of his mm-hmm. disciples. He's the one who hung in agony on beams of wood that he himself had called into being. Yeah. And so are we wow. drawing people into these Mysteries. So the thing about paradox is if you only have one side of it, it can still be powerful to degree, but you're missing the full force of it. But it feels easier. Yeah. So if you only sing about the (laughs) friendship of the Lord, you only sing about the father heartbeat of God or the grace of God, the kindness of God and all those themes, they are powerful. But if first of all, you paint him as creator of all the maker and sustainer of all things, the one who holds all things together. He's high and holy. He's magnificent and majestic. And then onto that, you project kindness, Mm. friendship. Then you've got a mystery on your hands and you've got an explosion in the soul. And so that's what we're trying to do. And what happens, what tends to happen in many streams of the church in this day and age, we're missing out on that reverence side, the that we're missing out on the, fear of the God holiness, part. the fear of God. Yeah. And so we're selling ourselves a little bit short because we're missing the full force of the explosion sometimes. Yeah. Well, we have a button here oh, yeah. that's a mind blown button. Oh, yeah. Wowie's and it says Wowie's Alley. <laughs> and that is how I feel about what you're teaching. I mean, that, that blows my mind. That is the most American thing I've ever seen. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you're, uh, great. <laughs> great. I, I'm going to bring those to England. I know. We need, I yeah. mean, it's a very important button yeah. for us here because we keep getting our mind blown with that guests. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> So what I even hear you saying to me as an Annie who just attends a church, if I'm not teaching, I'm just sitting and listening and participating in worship is I need to come with God is all powerful and all loving. I yeah. need to come with God is the one who thunders and whispers. Yeah. And then whatever we're singing goes through that filter. And then I go, I don't understand you. Yeah. I mean, think about in the Old Testament. Like they're coming towards the temple or the tabernacle. And there's so many pointers even before they get there. Who it is they're going to worship? The, you yeah. know, the, the kind of majesty of the temple or, or the, the whiteness of the tabernacle. And they get inside and the geography of the whole way things are laid out told them who it was. Yeah. And he's holy. And you can't just rock up here. And, you know, you have to recognize that, you, you know, who it is we're coming before. Yes. You have the fear of the Lord. And m- many things inside, the embroidery, the tapestry, the um, furnishings, they were so ornate and detailed and sometimes expensive. And they told you something about beauty and splendor. And, and then a few hundred years ago, we were building cathedrals and they did some of the same things. I they love cathedrals. Help, yeah, amazing, oh. right? And they help you, you know, feel small, which uh-huh, is great in uh-huh. worship. And they help you look up and just... So we have to think, how can we do that in our day and age? Uh-huh. Like we don't have, we're not building those kind of buildings yeah. and we don't have those layouts in the same way. And yes, we are living in, you know, there's a difference to the Old Testament. We're living under this wonderful new covenant yeah. and the grace, but 
so so we do get to come boldly and confidently, but we still have to tread with reverence. Yes. And we still have to, you know, he's just as holy as he ever was. Yeah. He hasn't decreased his holiness. Yes. He's just like given us a greater measure of grace. And actually, if we draw near to him, we should experience more grace and kindness and love. Actually, if you're really near, you will experience more holiness too, yeah, right? Doesn't that make right. sense? That if you draw near to God, your sense of his grandeur, righteousness, holiness, they're going to increase, not become less. There's mm. these guys called Olson and Grenz. They wrote a mm. book, 20th Century Theology, and they said this slightly complicated phrase, but I'll break it down. They said, God is imminent within human experience as the transcendent mystery that cannot be comprehended in spite of his absolute nearness. And what they're basically saying is if you draw near to God and when you get there, all you're finding is a manageable, tame, you know, comforting God, you might not be as close as you like to think. think. Because when you draw near to him, yes, you are going to feel that heartbeat of grace and mercy and absolute generosity, patience, kindness, but you're also going to go, whoa. Yes. I'm I'm in the presence of a holy king here. Yes. I sat at dinner with a friend last night and we were talking about the fissures we feel in our lives. How there's like areas that you're like this is going to be my Achilles heel. It's not a sin thing. It's a why why don't I do this better and and we were t- and she said I think my friends who aren't believers don't experience this. And we were talking about and tell me if we're wrong. You you can. We were talking about maybe God reveals fissures in your life and areas that you need his grace more to people who are willing to be in relationship with him. Yeah. Because I think what you're saying is as I get closer to him, the Lord goes, yeah, you're actually never going to be perfect at yeah. that. And that is why you need me. I love that. You know, it's, uh, there's so many ways of looking at it. Go, you know, I heard someone say, God comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. Yeah. And he's yeah. always stirring us up. He's yes. always, and, and it's out of love. And actually it's just love. You know, if you realize that that the the reason he wants you to be more like him is out of love, and and God has this is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because he he's so he's easy to please, but he's hard to satisfy. So he's easy to please. You can do the smallest thing. You can walk an old lady across the road. I think God's smiling over yes, that. Yes, yes. But at the same time, he has this insatiable appetite for holiness in our lives mm-hmm. and for us to become ever more like him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it's a wonderful thing to be in, but at times it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the invitation feels so gentle from the Lord of like, this is who you get to be. Yeah. Being in relationship with me means you get this. This isn't a drawback, but it still scares me sometimes. It still Absolutely. feels too much. All right, we all know the way our hair or skin look can sway our mood and impact our day. If one of them feels off, it just feels like the day is starting off on the wrong foot. I've never found beauty products that really fit my personal hair goals, but ever since I switched to a custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier, shinier hair and healthier skin, too. With pros, personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. For example, my custom shampoo and conditioner, which I love, they formulate to make my hair more manageable, shiny, hydrated. It's amazing, y'all. They truly deliver. Pros is better for the planet, too. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback, adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life, the city that I'm living in. It is 
Amazing, you guys. Pros is so confident that they'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order. You guys, 5-0. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash that sounds fun. So you get your free consultation and then you get 50% off at pros.com slash that sounds fun. This is the season to try pros if you have not tried them before. Pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P R O S E dot com slash that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Side question My favorite cathedral in the world is Durham Cathedral. Oh, I love Do you that. have a favorite cathedral in the world? Wow. Um, I mean, I have a few. I love Winchester Cathedral. Yeah. It's very beautiful. I've led worship in there. My favorite St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Yeah. A lot of people would know it because some of the royal occasions, even like, yes. you know, Diana and Charles's wedding way, way back, yeah. they're in yeah. there. But it's, I've got to lead worship in there and uh, a couple of times, and it's just a stunning place to lead worship. I hate that we have stopped building churches like that only because when you go in cathedrals, you're like, for hundreds if not thousand plus years people have said the same thing in here yeah there's no confusion about this building yes it is about one thing and one god not even like any gods but our god yes it's pretty amazing beautiful i love it okay do you write songs this is probably a weird question but being with you is like being with beth to me and i'm like (laughs) let's talk about the weird holy spirit stuff too do you write songs to the father son and holy spirit separate that is a great question. Thank you. <laughs> um, well. My dad loves when people say that, so he's yeah. pleased to hear you say that, so oh, thank you. fantastic. So the thing is, when it comes to, like, Trinitarian theology, I think everyone gets a bit freaked yeah, out. Yeah, I like know? it, right? We feel like we don't really know what we're talking about, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like higher mathematics, you right, know, right, for right. the uninitiated. Right, And uh, so especially when you come to writing worship songs, I think – uh, there's been some comments and even some studies done. Uh, uh, Professor Lester Ruth from Asbury Seminary years ago did mm. a look into this, like well, the top 75 songs sung in the USA church over the last 25 years, how Trinitarian in nature are they? And oh, he found wow. out not very much at right, all. Right. I mean, we're singing mainly to Jesus. Now and again, the Father gets a look in, and if you're lucky, maybe the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The whole, hardly, we don't worship the Holy Spirit. We just ever, ask him to do stuff. Yeah, hardly ever all three of them in the <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, And only one of them mentioned the fact that his Trinitarian nature is, a, is a, uh, one of the reasons he should be worshipped and adored. So, so we definitely, I think we're getting a little bit better since then. Uh-huh. That was about 15 years ago. But there's still a challenge. And the truth is, though, that once you or I became a Christian, we became Trinitarian theologians without knowing it because mm. the Holy Spirit illuminated us who's, as to who Christ was. And then we went with Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus to the Father. Yes. So we're, we're caught up in it the whole time. Yeah. And sometimes we find it maybe hard to wrap our words around it. But yeah, you could write a song. You could have verse one to the Father, verse two yeah, to the Son, verse yeah. the Spirit. And that's one way to do it. Yeah. There's a guy called Robin Parry in England. He talks about actually sometimes in our worship songs, Trinitarian theology is like the grammar in the sentence. Mm. So it's like always there in the background. It should be shaping and informing things, but it's not always like in your face. Yeah. And I thought that was a lovely way to yeah. look at it too. I was thinking about it because when I'm thinking about your new album, Lamb of God, I mean, well, I already told you, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But Son of Suffering, that song, I mean, that that is a Jesus song. I love that. But it is, 
it is so deep to me, Matt, which is says so much about you as a human, but it's such a very deep song. Will you talk about the writing of Son of Suffering? Yes. So I was carrying this theme for a while. I was trying to write a song about blood, sweat, and tears. Ah. And to me, the sweat element was Jesus overturning tables in the temple. Yes. And I was trying for a couple of years, kept trying to come around it. I wasn't really quite figuring it so out. So like you'd sit in co-writes and be like, blood, sweat, tears, Actually, and it wasn't it even happen. in the co-write right oh, yet. I was just trying you. to figure out how does this, <laughs> how does this, how do you do this? I get that, yeah. In a song. And then I was in a, a songwriting retreat and I was walking to the room mm. and I realized, you know what? If I drop that sweat bit, things get a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> and who wants, you know, no one wants a sweaty worship song anyway. <laughs> So I realized, like, if I drop that bit, I could, the song's blood and tears, and then it becomes about how God identifies with our pain and suffering, how he shows solidarity with our struggle, yeah, and yeah. He, he's faced this stuff himself. Yeah. And then it, it started to come crystal clear into view. You know, I, I had a few lyrics already, wrote a few more down. Went in the room. It was with three people I've never written with. I only knew oh, wow. one of them, like, vaguely. I'd met him, like, the day before. Wow. And uh, these guys, Aaron Moses, David Funk, and Nate Moore. Yeah. So we we had two hours. We spent the first 30 minutes chatting. Yeah. Because we don't even know each other. I heard that's what happens in co-writes, though. Yeah. But I was all the time thinking, yeah, I want to get to know these guys, but the clock's ticking. Yeah, too. that's right. And then, uh, <laughs> but it was so great because I said, look, I have this idea. And then we all resonated with the theme and just we had a lift off. It was, we wrote that song in not much more than an hour, honestly. Wow. And I had a good bit of the lyric but yeah but actually it did feel like you know a special moment i walked out of there thinking oh, i can't wait to lead this song and yeah i just think to draw us into mystery again like yeah. there's a god like we over don't ever overlook this don't ever get used to this there's a god who weeps yeah. i mean you wouldn't make up a god like that right i mean not only does he weep but he bleeds and mm -hmm. he chooses to bleed mm -hmm. and that's just a phenomenal thing yeah. That we will never really get used to, right? Right. Even in your heart, he does sweat too. So we'll give it to him. We'll give Jesus yeah. it. It is all three. <laughs> I'm going to write a separate song. Yeah, that's right. You owe it yeah. to yourself. You yeah. owe it to yourself. So I'm thinking about it with book writing because I'm not writing a book right now, but do you know that thing in your head where something is, something's happening? Yeah, something's stirring. Yeah, something's yeah. stirring. So I have a notebook in my purse yeah. is as far as I know because yeah. I don't want to miss little. Is it still with pen and paper? When you yeah. say notebook. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Old school. I love I'm that. I'm so old school about that, yeah, Matt. We were pretty... literally just in a meeting and I have like the calendar on a piece of paper and I write everything on it. I know. I love that. But I, because I, I'm very visual in remembering things. Yeah. And so I need to remember what my handwriting did. Fantastic. So, so I'm connecting with you in that I have the thing spinning and I've got to get some of the words out and, and I know a phrase. And so I'll write down the phrase. Do the lyrics come to you before the sound of the song or do you go around humming melodies for Son of Suffering and then you find the words? For me, almost always lyrics, but I'm really? built a bit more like that. I do have yeah. friends who show up to co-writes and they've got melodic ideas, uh -huh. you know, and... For me, though, I kind of need to know what I'm singing about before I get the melodic idea. Mm. I need to get excited about that. Yeah. And then the m melody starts to flow. Yeah. But, so for often, it, like it sounds like with you, it's just this little seed of a song. It's this little seed of an idea. It could be just a word. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's literally one word. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a phrase from scripture. Could be a something someone said in a conversation. Yes. It could be a sermon that you heard and you think, oh, we need a song on this. Yeah. But you kind of have your songwriting antennae up the whole time. And yes. for me, that was the biggest progress I've ever had as a songwriter is realizing, oh, I'm not a songwriter 
just when I sit down, get my guitar out the case and start strumming away. I'm a songwriter all the time. Yeah. And I don't think I go a day without writing down some kind of idea. And then, you know, sometimes next week you'll jump on that. Sometimes a year later, you're looking for a bridge idea for a song. <laughs> and you think, I don't have a clue where to go. And you look through and you find that phrase or that little yeah. couple of lines. You think, oh, it's that. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. Oh, that is amazing. With Son of Suffering, I've been thinking about that. We just had a friend on who we talked about, Man of Sorrows. These oh, yeah. descriptions of Jesus yeah. that are... That same balance you're talking about, the mystery of God, where Jesus is the yeah. on the white horse. And I mean, when, I don't know if you know this, but we have a Gospels podcast called Let's Read the Gospels, where I'm literally reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John it. every month. So we read, we did two episodes this morning before you got here, and we're reading about how Jesus said, the lightning will fill the sky. So that's Jesus. Yeah. And also, he's the son of suffering. Yeah. And so if we're going to be like him, we are both of those things too. Yeah. I mean, I just love that. We worship a God who gets in the mix with us. Yeah. You know, he, he's not just looking down from above, going, "Oh yeah, that looks hard. I feel sorry for you." <laughs> Tough, you know, yeah. He, he actually, so it's not even just compassion; it's full on empathy. He yeah. Absolutely knows what it feels like when when you've this. You wake up and there's terrible news, you know, on on the news or in your personal life, yeah. or there's grief, or maybe there's abuse, or maybe this thing. He absolutely resonates to that he gets it he yeah. understands it it's amazing that you worship a god who he's completely perfect and in, could have been just completely you know not made himself vulnerable yes but he did and so yes. he gets it when we when we're in these moments i don't know of a more comforting thought i agree with you and we've both experienced the church not being who she was meant to be yeah and being hurt by the humans and the internet and all the things yeah and so I had this conversation with a friend Sunday at church of like what we feel about Jesus versus what we feel about the church. <laughs> How Which is, this is gr two different things for it's sure. It's two different things, yeah. right? So so will you talk about for all the ways in all the years you've done ministry, there's a lot of reasons you could have gone, you know what? Forget y'all. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. The church, I'm done with the church. And I won't be done with Jesus because he has all these things and he he feels the pain I feel. Yeah. Why do we stay with the church? Why have you stayed? Why do you still love the church? I assume you love the church. Sorry, that's an assumption. Do you still love the church? I do very okay. much. Yeah. So why why do we stay committed to the church when Jesus is the perfect one, the church is not? Yeah. I mean, I think so many people listening would resonate with that. Right. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about yeah. now. We're going into familiar territory. Yeah, I think, you know, so many people, just in this world in general, no one escapes pain, and that's also true in the church. Yeah. And most of pain comes through people, and that's also true in the church. Yeah. And some of it is very hard to understand. There's times where you see something where they weren't really a real Christian, you know, and, you know, so I get why they behave like that. And that I that's easier to understand. Uh -huh. What's hard to understand is maybe it's a leader or someone who you've looked up to or maybe someone you really, you know, seems like they're trying to walk with God and yeah. yet somehow they're hurting people or, or yeah. they've, you know, um, maybe even worse than that, maybe an abuse of authority in, in some way or another. And, yeah. and that's terribly hard to understand when someone who was meant to be representing Christ to you ended up doing the complete opposite right? and was a terrible ambassador for Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so this, this, that side of it where we've all got to work on our stuff. We want to keep our own side of the street clean for sure. Yeah, yeah. But there is some very real moments and we've seen them in recent years where even well-known leaders have been yes. found out to be bullying people and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. And yeah. 
we're in days where actually these things are starting to get held to account a bit more. Yeah. And I'm actually encouraged by that. Me too. I, I talked to a bunch of college students last week. And I said, here's the good news. You don't have to go to bed at night wondering if you're going to get exposed next week. Yeah. And there are a lot of leaders who are wondering that right now. That's but interesting. Get yeah. clean now. Get your secrets yeah. out now. And then you can sleep great for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I heard someone years ago talk about, as a leader, don't ever let your psychological junk undermine your leadership if you've wow. got some issues you get them dealt with yes because what happens is by the time you get on a stage you're not motivated to get stuff dealt with anymore <laughs> right you, Matt. You, you know because it's hard for a lead i went on a retreat a men's retreat and you know and i and it's like you know some counseling happens and different things and the guy running it said to me I'm, you know, I'm encouraged you're here. Do you know who never comes on these retreats? Pastors. Wow. Because we have every person for every walk of life, but we hardly ever have pastors. Yeah. It's like they won't let the guard down sometimes. They've, yes. Now we're in this role. They've got to be a certain something. And what I've realized, even through ministry myself, if you're not careful, you can use the stage as a barrier. You can use it as a way of stopping people speak into your life mm -hmm. or maybe even stopping God speak into your life. Yeah. Who knows? And that's a dangerous thing so we got to have these ruthless heart checks and we've got to have systems of accountability and you know even for worship music there was yeah. a guy passed a years ago who said uh, the real test in these days is not going to be in the writing and producing of new and great worship music the real test is going to be in the godliness and the character of those who deliver it wow and wow. i mean that is that's so true. Yes. You know, yeah, we can come up with new songs and new sounds and all that, but sometimes that is a challenge, but the real challenge is going to be to live well and yeah. to not, you know, God's given you this entrustment, this yeah. sacred entrustment yeah. as a pastor, as a leader, as a worship leader, or, you know, I mean, he's entrusted with all sorts of things, but yeah. I'm particularly talking about the church. Yeah. And what I'm realizing is there needs to be a higher standard with that. It's like if you get mistreated in a church context by someone in leadership at church, that is not the same as getting treated badly in a workplace. That's in right. a workplace, it's terrible. It's awful. Yep. But, you know, in a church place, that's someone who was meant to be a shepherd. Yes. They weren't just meant to be an administrative boss to you or yes. something. Yes. They were meant to be someone who was charged with taking care of the sheep. Yes. And so he, I think it's a different thing. And I think we need an even higher standard for that. Yes. So it's a huge conversation. Yeah. But like I say, I am, although sometimes it's discouraging to wake up to bad news, or oh, this leader's done this, or mm. this thing's happened, this person's mm -hmm. fallen. There is a side to it also realizing, well, the good side is that maybe there's some cleaning up happening. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's got to be good, right? On Monday, we had a young church planter named Noah on the show. And I said, so I'm watching my peers blow up their lives and hurt the churches they're in. It's my friends. So I'm having this grief. You've experienced this. Too. I'm having this grief that my peer is the one who is hurting everyone. And I said, what is your experience as a 20-year-old? He said, they're my heroes. And I, I mean, it sucked the oxygen out of this room yeah. because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm grieving my friend's making mistakes that hurt the people I'm co-shepherding with them or yeah. that I'm watching them shepherd. Yeah. He's watching. He and it just like yeah. it raised the accountability in me. Yeah. Yeah, where I went huge. like, okay, does my mentor does Beth know? Does Nancy know? Do, does everyone know everything? So that I can do everything I can to not blow up my life. Yeah. How have you not blown up your life? I mean, 
partly because I do believe in the church yeah. and I do realize, okay, the reality is we're in a broken world. And so that means there's going to be also brokenness within the church. Yeah. And don't ever excuse stuff. And we want to keep getting better together. But but that is just the reality of it. And I do believe when Jesus said he's going to build his church, and I do believe yeah. he's wanting a beautiful bride, you know. And, and so you hang in there for that. And also you hang in there because he's the good shepherd. Yes. So when other shepherds are That's letting you good. down, he he's never let me down. Yes, I can't think of a single time. I can think of times where, in the moment, he felt like he did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then that's I right. look back five years later, and I realize, oh, you, what you did through that was amazing. That's or, every breakup of my life, Matt yeah. Redman. <laughs> in the time, I think Jesus has let me down, and about eight days later, I'm like, yeah. oh, that was a rescue. Yeah, that was a rescue. Yes, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, Jesus has never let us down. Yeah, so he's a perfect. And he's the good shepherd. Yeah. I mean, he's good in in every degree. Yeah. Y'all, I recently placed a Thrive Market order for my place in New York so that I'd have all the essentials stocked in the pantry and refrigerator when I'm there. And I want you to hear what I saved as a Thrive member. Okay, I got protein shakes, creamer, chips, soaps, and some other things, you know, all the necessary things. I spent $70 and saved $33.39. Y'all, that is so much money. It's seriously so easy. It also shipped right to my door. Plus, I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods, and they have an online filtering system that allows you to sort based on what you're looking for. So if you're hunting for gluten-free options or dairy-free snacks, you can curate your own shopping experience really easily. They always have a deals page, too, that you can look through as well. Oh, I love it. And when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. It's awesome. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Just go to thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun and get 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun. Thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. When you wrote Lamb of God, I mean, this whole album Lamb of God, so Jesus focused. Yeah, yeah. Was there a reason why he was the center of your thought process for this whole album? It's just much better than when I'm at the center. Hey, you know, say that. Just, that's yeah. right. That's exactly right. It's better. It's better content, right? Yeah, that's right. Like, seriously, though, like, I love worship writing worship songs because the subject material is so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's always something to say. Yeah. If I was just to write about me, I'd get bored very quickly. Yeah, same. And and uh, in fact, there's an old pop producer. From England, he said, "You can only write four types of song. I love you, I hate you. Go away and come back." Oh wow! And I thought that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to writing about Jesus, just look through some of those old hymn books. Yeah. And all these different aspects of his nature and character, all the different reasons why he's worthy, mm. all the things he's done through history, all the stories in the Bible, all the wonderful things about his kingdom. I mean, there's a lot to get your teeth into. Yeah. And I and I love doing that. And I and I think I don't think I'll ever. That hasn't got old so far. I've been yeah. doing this for a few decades. Yeah. And on the Lamb of God album, same thing, because we're not I'm not singing about any new themes. I'm just trying to sing about old themes in a new way. Yes. You know, universal theme in a unique way. For yeah. me, it's, that's the best kind of song. It's yes. something biblical, true, you should be singing about, but you've found a way to sing about it. And on this record, Lamb of God, I think we have four songs about the cross. Yeah. And, I, and at one point I was like, I'm, maybe I'm going overboard on this. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a little cross People are going to think I don't know about anything else. <laughs> but, but actually, I, I loved 
thinking, yeah, what's a different window? What's a different angle? Yes. Some of these old hymn writers, William yes. Cooper, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Yeah. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. He's saying, everyone knows that guy was a criminal. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, I'm just as bad as he is. Yes, and I need the saving flow of Jesus' blood just as much as that guy yeah. did. And so the hymn writer has taken you into the cross through a different avenue. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to do that. You know, yeah. we have a song, Lamb of God is the title song. We yeah. have the, the Son of Suffering song we talked about, a song called King of Calvary on there. Oh, yeah, and a couple one. too where... I think this subject matter is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I mean, whenever you think you've summed up the cross, then you find another layer. That's it. That's it. Forever. Yeah. That'll be forever. Yeah. You'll yeah. be writing for us thought. for the I rest of that. forever. Yeah. I love that. A really unique thing about you and Beth and about your ministry. I mean, it's global. You have a global ministry, but y'all are very plugged into what God's doing in the UK and you're very plugged into what God's doing in the US. Yeah, I love that. And so... What's the difference? Tell me what he's doing in the UK that I don't know. I mean, Pete Gregg, for starters. Oh, yeah. I need you to know that like Pete Gregg and the prayer guys oh, yeah. are like my Kardashians. I love that you call them the prayer guys. Uh, just a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, they're like my Kardashian. Yeah. I want to know. I mean, I'm like such a super yeah. fan of everything yeah, he does. the whole 24-7 prayer movement. Oh, wonderful. Sing it. Go between different streams of the church. And yeah. Young people and old people and amazing. Yeah, You know, I think that in England, if you were just to read the newspaper – you you know, newspaper makes me sound very old. Yeah, that's good. No, no, no. Online I'm news. Hey, the, 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 they still float. They, <laughs> yeah. they still print papers over there. I've seen yeah, them yeah, yeah, on the yeah. internet. <laughs> so if you were just to read the news, you would think, oh, man, the church. I mean, wow. There's never any good news. It's just always scandal or like this many young people left. Yeah. But growing up in it, all I saw, mostly what I saw, was growth and salvation and healing and yeah. freedom and church planting and so i saw the the, the other side of it and yeah. so you know i know sometimes an american looks over at england and get pretty worried about us over there yeah. but and it's true society's gone secular a lot quicker than it has here but actually you can very much see god at work yeah. and it's a little different to here because i think honestly the way i would say the biggest distinction would be in england if you're in a church, you're probably a full-on Christian. Yes. In yeah. America sometimes, you can't exactly tell, like, am I definitely uh -huh. dealing with, like, full-on disciples here or are some of these people just people who are, like, going to church? Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm exa exaggerating and, and I'm but you're putting not, everyone no. in the same thing. Yeah. Obviously, there's, that's not the case. But if you were to say what is the the overarching difference that yeah. might be one of them when i do you know i lived in edinburgh i lived in oh, edinburgh yeah. about uh 12 years ago did you just like try and think what's the coldest place i can live in the uk <laughs> yeah it's right. just go where there. will it for sure rain every <laughs> yeah. day yeah. i was like i want to throw some shoes away yeah. and never get them back <laughs> yeah. when i lived there everyone who went to church really meant it because it costs you something there to be a believer yeah that's a great way of saying and it. I, and yeah. so they were like well yeah. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to really do this because yeah. now the people – but it was interesting, Matt, because it wasn't that people were like, well, you can't shop in our stores or anything like yeah. that. It was they lost the respect of yeah. business people. Yes, yeah, so interesting. That's and, very insightful. And that was not – that's not true yeah. here. People yeah. – if you want to win an election, you go to the yeah. big church yeah. so that people see you there. And over there, my experience 11 years well, ago – Well, the classic would be uh, Alistair Campbell, the press secretary for Tony Blair, the uh -huh. prime minister years ago – 
Tony Blair wanted to say something. I think it might have been after Princess Diana died. Uh-huh. And the famous quote was, he said, Tony, we don't do God. Wow. And he was basically saying, don't you dare say anything about God in the yes, press release. Yes. So it just means people over there who have committed their lives to Christ, like, know that they counted some cost. They're not counting the same cost as people who are being murdered in yeah. the Middle East, but they're counting a cost there that we're not counting yeah. here. And it's so, and like I say, I don't want to generalize, especially because, for example, America's the biggest sending missionary nation. Mm. So that's something to bear in mind, you know, sure. that actually there's phenomenal missionary efforts at great cost yeah. going on around the yes. world that are spearheaded from the USA. Yeah, so, that's right. So, you know, we want to be clear like, yeah, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to bring that stuff <laughs> You're like, I love you too, America. Yeah, you are yeah, good yeah. at church. Well done, yeah. well done. I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, do y'all like living in America? Yes. Okay. Out in um, California, the weather's got to be better yeah, than London. the weather's lovely there. Yeah. I mean, I've been in America so much because we've yeah. lived here for a year and California and two years Atlanta, now seven years America. And then in between those times, I've traveled here a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to fit a funny mix. Like I'll read the British news and I'll watch Premier League soccer. I was about to say, who's y'all's club? Liverpool. That's what I thought quite Beth near, told me. Quite near Edinburgh. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Near you know, I'm Arsenal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, well... You had a hard time at the end Ooh, of last season. Can you? Well, yeah. it's just very on. Is that brand. when you got into Son of Suffering? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I really got into your album. Song became very real. <laughs> yeah, when when we came in second instead yeah. of her. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, so you're still connected to all those parts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, but I yeah, I love. Uh, we've got to see a lot of America through touring. I did yeah. a 41 date tour once with Casting Crowns. Wow, which was. I mean, got to see a lot of America at that time. Amazing, yeah, it was, a, it was fantastic. Yeah, and, um, that's crazy. I actually have a very unique story from that tour. I was, I had to have a crown cast on my own tooth <laughs> during the tour, so I was on tour with casting crowns, <laughs> having a crown and cast you did. in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, well and I was done. like, Lord, you're so kind. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Those stories are, you know, I had a conversation with my dad a few months ago where we were talking about, have you been to all 50 states? Yeah. And my dad was like, I've never even counted. I don't have any idea. I've been to a lot, but I don't know. Yeah. And I thought, man, our, your job and my job are so unique yeah. that one of the things we get to do is be like, well, yeah, I've been to almost I mean, every state. Like, I'm embarrassing really bad at American geography at still. Tr- oh. So I didn't learn it at school. <laughs> yeah, of you course know, not. I think probably five years ago, I realized Idaho and Iowa weren't the same state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not, but I couldn't. I'm yeah, sorry to tell you. I still can't spell Mississippi, couldn't, but there oh, you go. It's, I can teach you a trick. <laughs> okay. M I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I. Oh, I like back, that. Humpback I. No way. So S S S S P P. That's awesome. There you go. It's just a little thing they learn. Thank when you grow you. up in the South, you get some stupid tricks like Love that. that. Okay, last question I want to ask you before we talk about what sounds fun to you. What do you think the Lord is doing next? What's coming? What are you prophetically seeing? What are you in conversations about? Like, where are we going with God in the next couple of years? Do you have a vision for that? Great question. Brooke Lidget would just release a song called Fear of God. Yes. And I was so encouraged to see that. Yes, yes. You know, and I thought, wow, that's a bold title. And she's the kind of person I would trust to write a great song around a yes. theme like that. yes. And I also love that it was like quite motivating because it's saying the fear of God's going to keep you. Yes, you know, yes. it's it's like okay, let me tell me more about this fear of God thing. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and actually, you know, I do think maybe that is a big thing the Holy Spirit is doing. He's mm. awakening us to the holiness of who it is we are approaching here. Yeah. Because if holiness is in the mix, so many things change. 
right? You'll live a different kind of life. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how when we have a true grasp of theology, it changes the kind of disciple we are. And I mm-hmm. think songwriting can play a part in that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, if, for example, if we're not singing about the return of Christ and we're not expectant for that, you're, not, you're going to live a less urgent life when yeah. it comes to evangelism and things like prayer. Yeah. You're going to live a less holy life. The mm-hmm. New Testament makes it clear one of the you know one of the reasons like Jesus is coming back so live well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so some of these big themes the return of Christ the fear of the lord i can see the holy spirit illuminating them because we need him to yes. and i think they can change the kind of disciples we are and the kind of yeah. church we are i think this has happened for a lot of generations possibly but there's this whisper of is jesus coming back soon and so even the holiness mixing with, yeah. are we cl- we are closer today than we were yesterday. So yes, yeah. but also I, it, it just feels like people are taking very seriously. Yeah, if he comes back, yeah. if that lightning crosses the sky, yeah. while we still have eyes to see him, yeah, will we have done everything we wanted to do to make sure our friends know what's happening too? That's amazing. Yeah, and and I haven't heard, and it may be my age. It may be that yeah. people in their forties talk about this. I don't yeah. know. But I haven't heard people talk about it as much as they have in the last. Yeah, I feel that's true. Yeah, couple of years. Yeah. John Eldridge just did a whole podcast of like, Jesus is coming back. Get ready. Here's what you need to be doing. And I was like, yeah. John, God. I mean, it, it <laughs> okay. is you know, and and for me, like that's a theme I've seen creep in uh, more and more to songs the last five years. Wow. I feel like ten years ago we were hardly singing anything about the return of Christ. Yeah, and it might be just I'm ignorant of what was out there, but I do think there is, in fact. I had a lovely friend, Louis Palau. He he passed away a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, and he I became a Christian through him. He was wow. preaching in the London Soccer Stadium, and I got to sing at his funeral and wrote a song for that a little while back. Wow. But we'd become lovely friends, and and I the one of the last conversations I had with him, I said, "What do we need to write about?" He said, "The Return of Christ." Mm. He's like, "Matt, you've got to write more about the Return of Christ." Wow. And he says, "If you can't get a whole song on it, then just at least put it in somewhere, yeah, seed it in in a verse." <laughs> and and and. We actually have a worship training event come up called Worth. It's going to be uh-huh. at Museum of the Bible in October. Oh, wow. And it's a worship and theology conference. The wow. W-O-R from Worth is from worship, the T-H from theology. Brilliant. Just bring in a couple of academic minds and some songwriters and just say, let's stir the pot here and let's m- make sure we're not missing some of these really important themes. Wow. Like where where are the gaps? Yeah. What do we need to write into? What? How do we need to form worship services that give us the big picture a little yeah. bit more? Matt, that's so, brilliant. Yeah. So, oh, well, if... If you want to come, <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell me the, what's the it's, uh, um, it's all details it at worthworship.com. Okay, well, worthworship.com, it. and it's uh, October 25th, Museum of the Bible. Okay, felt like a great place to have the first worship yeah, theology no uh, one. Yeah, that I've heard there's a floor with all the translations of the Bible. I oh, think yeah. it would just make, I think I'd fall apart. It'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, is there anything we didn't talk about you want to make sure we cover? We didn't talk much about Liverpool. No, I know, we can. I mean, I love Klopp. I'm joking. Is he a, is he a believer? Yeah, Are you friends is. with him in real life? I'm not, but I would Not like, yet. If You know that thing like who would you like to have dinner with? Uh-huh. Oh, he'd be there for oh. sure. He's, it, he he's has strong faith. He seems like yeah, it. He had a great interview recently where they're like, look, how do you put all this pressure? And Yeah. He's like, oh, easy. That's an easy answer, my faith. Wow. He says, my faith keeps me optimistic. Yeah. And because, yeah. I mean, I, the sad story that you're not going to appreciate is I started a Liverpool fan. <laughs> and then Dave Barnes and his family, no. my closest friends, no. they were Arsenal. And he was like, 
hey, if you want to watch with us and go to games with us, you're going to have to switch. No And way. so I switched just like that. Ah. But I loved um, Oxwell Chamberlain. Oxley Chamberlain. Oh, I loved Chamberlain. him. I thought he was, I think yeah. he is such a good player, but yeah, he's he not Liverpool. Yeah, he came from Arsenal and went to Liverpool. He yeah. came to, and went to Liverpool. I just thought he was great. And, yeah. yeah. Liverpool has such good history. Yeah. And it's just like the working man's team over there. And Man, Everton, though. Do you feel for them, those fans? No, I'm glad they stayed up. Ooh. I think it would be bad for the city. If they I don't know that they will after this. I se- think they're struggling. They are, they? Yeah. And yeah. do you follow Men and Blazers? Do you know Men and Blazers? I love them. I love Rog <laughs> Bennett. He, when he was on the show, I was like. I don't get how they got a show out here. I, like, I'm <laughs> like, you so you how do you sell that show? So we're going to be sitting in a broom cupboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with like terrible graphics. That's um, right. Yeah. Making jokes no one understands. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But man, they've made a lot of Americans fall in love with soccer. But yeah. I feel, he's the reason I care about everything because I'm like, poor Raj. I, I, I just feel for him how yeah. much he loves that team. Okay, the last question we always ask. Yeah. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, what do the Redmonds do for fun? What sounds fun to y'all? Well, I mean... One thing we love to do is getting back to England for fun. Yeah. Walking up a hill, going yeah. and get a curry, you know, yeah. see friends. But for me personally, there's one word, pickleball. <gasps> really? Are yeah. you into pickleball? I'm so into it. Really? We, we've got like a little worship leaders club playing <laughs> pickleball. Like in, globally or like in LA in, or in Orange Yeah, County. in Orange County. I've got people from so many different streams of the church, yeah. all these different worship leaders. Everybody and playing pickleball. Jesus has chosen pickleball as the place we shall meet. How do y'all find a court? Did you make one? It, with us, there's, there's tons around there. There's yeah. a bunch. Yeah, we just rent one and, and we have fun. And then I make silly Bible verse puns about better is one day in your courts. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm talking done. about pickleball. <laughs> Listen, if anyone's allowed to do that, it's yeah, you. Yeah. It's you. Okay, Pickle, I played, we took our whole staff to sell, we celebrated, I can't remember what, we hit a milestone. And so we took the whole staff to go play, and it was the first time I ever played, and it was very fun. Oh, I love that. I loved it. It yeah. was really I mean, great. I'm not a crazy sporty person, but I love Pickleball. We get a bit of exercise, but the social part yeah. of it is wonderful. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, th- let me remove friendship and just be a fan for a minute. Thank you so much for your music. Oh, you're super kind. It just, I'm... I have a catch in my throat thinking about how much the work you've put in to your relationship with God that translates into the work you put in the songs has shaped my life. Oh, that's really so, special. Thank, thank you. you. I means so, so much. so grateful. I'm so grateful. If you'd have told 1998 Annie that she'd ever get to sit across from Matt Redman and say that, she would not have believed me. Oh, so thank you. I love that. I'm I, I, really grateful. I love your heart for God as well. It's, oh, wow. Wonderful seeing, you know, how he's entrusted with you, the things he has and the way you're carrying them and love it. We can sit at a table like this and just be on the same page so quickly because we care about the same things. Yeah, that's right. He, we will. I mean, where else would we go? Yeah, that's, I love it. I, I'm going to tattoo that on somewhere on my body one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks for doing this. Pleasure. Oh, y'all, isn't he awesome? I feel like we could have talked for like three more hours. I wish he would like be our seminary professor. (laughs) He's just incredible. Gosh, I love Matt Redman. Go and listen to Lamb of God right now. Be sure to follow him on social media and thank him for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. Don't forget, you can find That Sounds Fun podcast for more fun things from these episodes on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. And I think that's it for me today, friends. 
Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same today. What sounds fun to me is being in New Mexico at Cowboy Church, y'all. I've been so looking forward to this weekend. I cannot believe I get to be at a Cowboy Church. I cannot wait. Y'all know I love the Wild West. Y'all have a great weekend. I will too. We'll see you back here on Monday with Dr. Anita Phillips. Get ready for what's basically a live counseling session, y'all. She's so great. Her new book, The Garden Within, is unbelievable. One of the best books I've read this year. So y'all go ahead and order it, and then we'll talk about it on Monday. We'll see y'all then.